You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Help! I suck at dating. With Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to an all-new episode of Help! I Suck at Dating. We're near the end of March. We are uh, recording one of our uh, first early morning episodes. And the only thing I can think about right now is how badly I need to go number two because mornings are almost exclusively confined to my number two time. And this early morning, how long episode, does it take you to It's poop? not early. When I say early, it's not early. It's 9 a.m. You early. dedicate the entire morning? Listen, my point is I don't get anything done until after that's all taken care of. And this is, we're still in that pre like, you know, pre-phase right now. Oh, 100%. There are mornings, like mornings that I have to run around and then I don't end up going. And then because I hold it in, I don't go till later that night. My whole day's ruined. It's all It's ruined. It's, well, I don't, I, I, it's too early for me to say it's ruined, but I can feel it festering within me right now. Um, so if I get a little antsy, if I get a little crabby at all during this episode, just realize that I'm withholding a lot of things. Um, well, I mean, hey, full disclosure, are you, this is a podcast. You can turn your video off and just do what you need to do. I mean, no, the audio would have to be off. I'd probably have to burn the computer afterwards. There's a lot that would have to go into that. So. Could, it would but I appreciate, the, I appreciate the advice that you're trying to work with me with. Hey, uh, in fact, Kaylin, Kaylin, um, I, I, I know I'm not the only one. Let's just, let's just stay on the subject of number twos for a little bit. I know I'm not the only one um, that takes maybe like abnormally long time in the bathroom. Do you take a long time in the bathroom? Oh, yeah. Ashley okay. always, she'll she'll knock sometimes, which makes me so angry. She yeah. knows that I'm just on my phone. And that's, listen, I'm a dad now. I have an excuse. <laughs> I am on the toilet for 45 minutes because okay. it's, it's my, well, maybe not. 45 minutes is dramatic, but 20 minutes, which feels like 45 minutes when you're in the mm-hmm. bathroom. But I'm that's my quiet time. I have the fan on, so there's ambient noise. So it's just it's I literally turn into a baby. When we put Dawson in the crib, we play white noise because it makes him feel like he's in the womb. That's the bathroom fan to me. 
I go in, turn the bathroom fan on, just kind of like zone out, take a breather. I have a moment to myself. There's no noise. It's great. And uh, and then Ashley always just, God damn it. She'll just like come knock. And she'd be like, you okay in there? You've been in there for a while. And I'm like, Ashley, do we have to go through this constantly? I, just, I'll be right out. I'll it's, be out. It's great too, because it's like, I'm a grown person. Of course I'm okay. Like if if I wasn't okay... I would scream for help or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's good to know that I'm not alone in this fight because Kaylin um, is always giving me crap for how long I am. And no, she she used to give me a lot of crap. She's learned to accept the fact that I'm going to be in there for 30 minutes. Um, and every time I hear another guy like say that they're in a similar situation as me, it always like vindicates me a lot. You know, like I was watching uh, Shark Tank the other day and Mark Cuban was like, listen, if you're not on the toilet for long enough for your legs to fall asleep, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, Mark Cuban is speaking my love language right now. Um, so it, like I said, it always vindicates me a little bit, but let's move away funny from subject how, number two, if, if you want, unless you want to stay on it. No, 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 no. Just one last comment. It's really funny to me how long sometimes I take at home and then how quickly I do my business in a public bathroom, right. especially if it's a one stall bathroom. When I walk in there, it's like, okay, dude, I'm not joking. I still have a little bit of a uh, insecurity about going the bathroom when even I'm married, it doesn't even matter. But when girls are near the bathroom, I'm like, Oh Jesus, if I blow this thing up and it stinks and they know, like I walk out, oh, it yeah. smells and they just look at me and I'm like, you know what? Ha-? Like I'll, I'll just go cry myself in the office because the thing is at Audrey's full disclosure, it's a one stall bathroom and I'm there all the time. Right. So sometimes, you know, I got to do my business. So I go in there and there's only tables like four feet away. I'm like, oh, so dude, like, I'm like, okay, if I do this quickly enough, they'll just think I'm peeing. And I do, I do the double flush, like as I'll go in there, do my business, flush, then, you know, proceed with the uh, wiping and okay. then flush again, you know, try to get the smell away as quickly as possible. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good style, a good method. Uh, I'm a single flusher personally. It's, it's the worst too, is when you go in expecting it to be quick and then, you know, fast forward 20 minutes later, you're you've made the line of 20 people out the door uh, and then you have to do the walk of shame when you, oh, when you leave the bathroom. And you see the door handle jiggling and you're like, <laughs> Oh Jesus, God, just please go away far away. Yeah. Yeah. Help. I suck at going to the bathroom in a timely manner. Um, anyways, it we is, got a special yeah. episode for everyone out there today. Uh, Jared and I, well, Jared watched uh, a little snippet of a TV show, Naked Attraction. We're going to talk about Dude, the craziest I've ever, uh, no pun intended. I've ever seen this show. I don't know when it airs. I don't know where it airs. I just saw it. Our producer texted it to us and I watched it and I can't stop thinking about it. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Beyond that, we got some emails. Uh, we got some headlines and it's just going to be us today, today, this week. It's just going to be the two boys. We've already out. exhausted every single girl that wants to come on this podcast. <laughs> it's because we couldn't get girls that would want to talk about poop and naked attraction with us. So. We're not even three months into 2022, and we're already out of guess. <laughs> the new format was fun while it lasted, um, <laughs> but it was doomed from the start, let's be honest. All right, oh, so Jared, Jared tell me about this naked attraction. So, so uh, one of the producers for our show, well, our boss pretty much, uh, she texted us and was like, check out this new show. It's called Naked Attraction. Talk about it on the podcast because I think it would be good content. And this happens routinely, obviously. And uh, so I was like, all right, cool. Let me, you know, watch an episode of it, see what it is. Because they only sent us one episode. I don't even think it's aired yet. Um, Dude, so this show, it's called Naked Attraction. It's like The Bachelor or Bachelorette meets Naked and Afraid, except there is no black box. 
There is no blurring of anything. I don't know if this is the way it's going to go when it's nationally broadcasted. So apparently it's going to air on uh, Channel 4. I don't know where this is. It's got to be in the UK. They all had accents, so it has to be in London. And so the show is, listen, it was one dude and it was, I think, eight women, bro. So they're behind this box, so you can't see them. And then he talks about, you know, what he's looking for in a girl, physically, emotionally, all these things. And what it is, is you judge someone by how good they look naked. I'm not joking. So the box, so they're in a box and then it's like, okay, raise so we can see the lower half of their body. Dude, the box rises up to their waist. You see everything. I'm not joking. Every vagina is out there just to the world. And he's looking, they're talking about him. He's like, oh yeah, you know, this one, you know, I could tell by, you know, the way her legs look, she's in good shape or like, oh, I like someone with curves. And they're just talking outwardly about this while all these women's vaginas are out in the open. Dude, it's insane. Because yeah. when, when it raised, I was like, okay, it's they're going to be in bathing suits or it will be blurred out like I'm naked and afraid. Nope, you see everything. And dude, when you see a vagina, <laughs> just a vagina, like from the waist down, no full body, it's, <laughs> listen, it's obviously attractive, but it's <laughs> like, you're definitely not, like, it's not a turn on. You know what I mean? I mean, you yeah. are just looking at the lower half of a body. And you know what's funny is that I found myself watching this show thinking, okay, I guess, what what do I like? Because, dude, they were describing in detail. Like, it was crazy. Because, like, obviously some are, how do I phrase this? Um, you know how, like, a belly button has an innie or an outie? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I think that that might also uh, pertain to different parts of the body. And they were talking about that. And then I thought about in my head, like, what do I prefer? Uh, It was crazy. And then, like, he eliminates two women based on that. And then they raise it up. And then they walk out and hug. And the woman is fully naked. So he sees, like, what he lost out on. And then then the girls, like, the next round, they turn around. So you see their butts. And like, he's like talking like, oh, this one is like, I really like this one. (laughs) Dude, it's so crazy. And then of course, like they raise it up to their neck. So you see, you know, boobies. And then, you know, finally he gets down to like the final person and then he chooses one and then it gets lifted and you see the whole face and you see what he picked. And then they do this for guys too, because in the previews, because this episode was just about a guy with like eight women, but the previews, the next one is one woman who picks the guys, and there's like eight dudes, dude, just penis everywhere, out and about, so, flagellant penis, as Easton put it earlier, just hanging out, out in the wind, crazy. I got to be honest with you, Jared. Um, I lied to you, and I didn't mean to lie to you, but I have seen the show before. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you explaining it to everyone out there because the listeners needed to hear that because <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, and the reason I've seen the show is my buddy produces television in London, funny enough. And when I was out there visiting, he was like, you got to see this show. It's the craziest thing in the world. And it legitimately is one of the craziest shows I've seen on TV because you're right. It's like, Hey, you're seeing way more than you're used to seeing. 
like, like, well, who's the audience? You know what I mean? Like, I guess people like us. I, yeah, but like, yeah, what yeah. if a kid's just randomly scrolling through your channels and they pop on Channel 4 and all of a sudden they see a big penis in their face? Yeah, but how can Channel 4 not blur this? That's my question because we got, you know, uh, an advanced copy or whatever you want to say. We didn't watch it on cable. So, like, on cable, is everything going to be blurred out? Because that yeah. makes well, all I the think, difference um, in the world. You know, America was founded by a bunch of prudes, right? I think that they're just a mm-hmm. lot more uh, free with their sexuality over there. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Um, Jared, I've got a question for you that Hannah, uh, eloquently wrote in the chat. Would you be able to tell whether or not you'd be attracted to someone just by looking at their lady parts? No, mm. absolutely not. No way. Because I, you know, listen, I love all lady parts, you know, uh, and like, no, there's no way. All right. Hannah pop up here for a quick, quick second. <laughs> Would you, as a woman, if you went on this show, do you think you would be able to tell how attractive someone was just by seeing their penis? No, I'd be disgusted. Yeah, Mm. penises are disgusting. Yeah, I just think, I think it's really interesting because it's the complete opposite of Love is Blind, which is super popular right now, where people get married without even seeing each other. And this is the complete opposite where people pick their person based on just what they see so i don't know what i'd rather do probably love is blind a thousand percent love is blind i might uh this might be pretty um ignorant of me to say but i do think based off of basically no information and and no forethought before saying this that it is easier to tell whether you'll be physically attracted to a woman by looking at her bottom half then it will be um, looking at a man's lower half. You know? I think a, a woman's lower half is more indicative of their upper half than a man's lower half is. I also think, you know, obviously we're two straight white men, so we're obviously attracted to women. But I agree with you. I do think a woman's body is much more beautiful than a man's body. Well, that's not what I'm saying. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying uh, the lower half is is more telling of what the upper half will look like. The men's lower half is telling to a degree, but I think you learn, you could you could make a more accurate guess by just seeing the girl's lower half than you could uh, the guy's lower half. I, uh, listen, I'm a somewhat secure man. Like, I feel like I'm not, you know, I feel like I have certain physical good qualities about me that I'm confident about. But dude, if somebody was judging me by my lower half, do you know mm. how hairy my thighs are? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, I remember there was a there was a group date on our season of The Bachelorette. It was a sumo wrestling date. And the guys that went on the date had to wear these pretty much thongs. And uh, dude, I remember Ben and I were looking at each other and we're like, if we, I'm not joking. Both of us were like, if we get picked on this date, like we have to, we're going to shave each other's asses in the next five minutes <laughs> because then we cannot go on national television. Hannah literally just dropped and there out goes after. Yep, see, okay, so you're, so you're proving my point for me because I I'm in the same boat as you. Um, I'm not as hairy as you, um, but I have my <laughs> faults as well. I would say from, from the waist down, Jared, in my opinion, you're a two from the waist to the nipples. You're probably a four, but from the nipples up, you're, a, you're a hard 10 from the nipples up. You're a hard 10. 
in my opinion, I, I, I'm not maybe to that same degree, but I'm close. You know, I'm like an eight to down to the nipples and then a five down to the waist and then a, a one from there down. <laughs> and that's my point is I would still consider us generally conventionally attractive guys. Yeah, but if you yeah. only saw our lower half of our bodies, Game you over. would never guess that because the lower half of our bodies are disgusting. Yeah, I almost want someone like yourself to go on this show. So, you know, because I'll tell you what, we can have our own little fake show right now. Yeah, just in Zoom. <laughs> just uh, me and you, man. Just could stop be fun. recording. <laughs> Dude, and also, like, I give because I got to be honest, as a guy, I haven't seen too many other guys' penises. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. Like in everyday life, locker room, yeah. you know, I played sports all my life, but it's never been like that. Okay. Like I've never, you know, gone like, uh, you know, been in the locker room, showered with other guys. So my point being is that the only other male genitals that I've really seen are from either porn mm. or in these shows that the guys got a ridiculous, ridiculous knob. Mm -hmm. Like what was that show, Hannah? Maybe you know, remember what it was where it was everybody paused. It came out like a year ago and everybody paused sex life. That's right. There was like this whole thing on Instagram about like pause as episode one, 12 minutes and 13 seconds. And then I being naive saw this all over social media and was like, all right, I got to get, I got to see this. I got to see what everybody's talking about. And it's literally just a dude in a shower with like a 13 inch flatulent penis. It was, it was just like crazy. So anyway, my point being is those are the only really other male genitals that I've seen. So okay. as a guy, you know, listen, I'm confident in my area, but at, what did I, what do I, what am I saying? Oh, I said flatulent, flaccid. Thank you. Uh, anyway, I digress. This is a weird conversation. This is a weird podcast. But, you know, let's just get down and dirty. Uh, anyway, as a you know, listen, I'm confident in you know myself. Having said that, there is no way in hell that if they were like, "Hey, listen, I want you to go on national television, just pull down your pants, and then they're only going to see the bottom half of your waist, and then they're going to decide whether you're attractive or not, or whether they want to date you." No, are you out of your mind? I'm not that confident. So I actually give a lot of these contestants a ton of credit because yeah. it takes balls to be like, oh, yeah, I'll go on national television and I'll have them only see from my waist down. And I feel good enough that they'll pick me. I think you have to be in order to go on the show. You have to be kind of like inherently an exhibitionist to the point where you're already showing a lot of other people your exposed body. Because like, what is the pitch like for that show to be a contestant? You know, I, I can only imagine, like, it would be, I wouldn't do it either, but I don't think that we're necessarily the people that they're scouting to go on that show. Um, I hope not. Like we talked about, nobody wants to see my bottom half. Poor Ashley. Right. Or maybe, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind taking a look just for like medical purposes. <laughs> just to see, curiosity. <laughs> but no, I mean, I agree with you. I, I mean, I'm on the same boat as you. Like in my entire life, I've seen, uh, you know, I would, I would say, I could count on my hands the number of penises that I've seen in real life. <laughs> which, yeah, which it might be high. I don't know, but I definitely I might need both hands, but I think I could get to the number at some point within my first two hands. So yeah, by that logic and to what you're saying is like you see these TV shows, Tommy and Pamela, uh, you see he's wearing like this prosthetic penis and it's oh, yeah. and granted uh, Tom, uh, Tommy, what's his name? Did have a big penis in in real life and still does, obviously. 
but you're still, you know, it's a, it's a comparison thing. Tommy Lee, thank you for the I want to know, because Easton keeps chiming into the chat. Easton, I want to know your thoughts on this show. I feel like you might have uh, some interesting ones being a fellow, uh, you know, person who probably, you know, has a hairy lower half. <laughs> well, you'd wait, 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 wait. Can we, Easton, I'm so sorry to interrupt you real quick. So this is interesting because this is kind of like a naked attraction flipped on its head because we know what Easton looks like. And now mm -hmm. you're guessing what the rest of his body looks like <laughs> based off what you already know about him. So you're you're inversing the the game a little bit. So you There's, think Easton's got a, a hairy lower half? Thousand percent. I would okay. be shocked if he's uh you know like a baby's bottom down there. Okay. Well, I would love to let Easton. Can we uh, solve this, this this riddle for us? Wow. Um, I do have a very hairy lower half. Uh, you know. You know what's interesting about my body hair. And uh, Hana, get HR on the, on the speed dial here. Um, I, my <laughs> my hair is like it's almost like chaps. Like I have like it. The hair goes up my leg, up my thigh, and then like there's like weird hairless patches around my, like my <laughs> upper thigh, and then it goes back up. Little little patch on the back, nothing, and then a tank top up here, and then nothing on the arms, nothing on the back. Um, he sounds like my face. Right. <laughs> I wish it would connect. I wish I had that cool, like, you know, just like rug of chest hair and like. Mm. So you but, want like a full Austin Powers. I do. I do. I really want that really badly. You um, want to know why you don't have that? And this is this is purely conjecture. Um, and it's probably entirely wrong. But I have similar issues, not issues, because they're not issues. We're still perfect the way that we are. Um, I've noticed that if I wear uh, the, the hairless spots on my body are where like clothing would rub often. You know what I mean? That's what I thought. Mm. I've I've worn tight pants for a good amount of my adult life. Yeah. And uh yeah, that's probably it. Like where the pockets rub, uh, where the rest <laughs> the rest of the jeans are rubbing. Um, but I do have I, I am a hairy person, Jared. That's a fair guess. Well, I just question. you know, I I you know, I, as a hairy person myself, I when I, I can uh, tell when somebody's like me. Hannah, I have a question for you. Uh, <laughs> as a as a as a woman. Uh, yeah. do you like hair on a guy's chest? I don't like a guy to have no hair, but not super hairy. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a nice little balance there, but yeah. I always think of, uh, Henry Cavill because there is a shot in Man of Steel because he plays Superman where he's running with his shirt off and I want that exact amount of hair on my body. I need uh, to up oh it's god oh i oh i gotta send it it's pretty good it, oh I just god look it. at that I'm, uh, I'm so excited a, about this i'm hitting my on like his chest and then everywhere else is basically hairless that's it's, the it's idea quite uh it's quite yeah manly. Well, th that's the question so would you rather have let me ask you honey if you had to pick would you rather have someone who's hairy or someone with no hair both like same guy same body you know the exact body you want and there's that may and there's just no in between. It's literally there's no in between. It's like, hey, he's hairy all over, or he's got nothing. Well, not nothing. It's just one side of the spectrum nope. or the other. Come on, nothing. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like hairless is too creepy. So probably hairy. I would I would consider myself hairless compared to you guys at least. And I would say if I was attracted to men, I would be more attracted to men with less hair. Yeah, but picture a guy with no hair, no leg hair. A guy with no leg hair, that creeps me out. I mean, I'm offended because I have uh, very little leg hair. 
Yeah, but you will. You have some leg hair. Oh, sure. Well, that's why. That's why I'm trying to to rein in Jared's crazy um, uh, proposition here because no hair is ridiculous. What are you? Just a giant? What's the other side of that? Just a giant hairball? I have <laughs> hair all over my face. Yeah, yeah. Like Listen, all over my hands. Yeah, all. I'm like place. I'm You're like cousin werewolf. it from the Adams Very family. Knuckles. Yeah, guys, like this is this is the game right here. You have the, it's either all in or nothing. No, I think the spectrums would be like. I would be more on the hairless side of the spectrum, and then you would be more on the. You're not even that hairy, I don't think. Me? No, I mean I'm not super hairy. I think <laughs> super hairy. I think I might actually change my answer to hairless because I don't want the guy I'm with to have like a hairy butt crack. Yes. Yeah. See, and this is all I wanted too. I wanted, I wanted success for the hairless people in life because. Or like hair on my guy's toes. Yeah, I'd be weirded out. I sometimes I think about making out with my uh, guy friends and which ones I would enjoy making out with most. And whenever I daydream about making out with my hairy friends, I always and it happens. I always think about um, how annoying the prickliness of their beards would be on my face. And so kudos to your partners for being able to tolerate that. That's got to be brutal. It's so brutal. You know, like I kiss Dawson all the time on his cheeks. And I've noticed he's got like little red marks. Mm-hmm. And Ashley's like, that's because of your stupid prickly beard. Oh, but, she called it stupid? Well, she didn't call it stupid. I added stupid for dramatic effect. <laughs> but my point being is that I don't, I look better with a little facial hair than I do clean shaven. So the problem becomes, Hannah, let me ask you this. Would you rather have a guy who looks better with a five o'clock shadow, but your face is getting all scruffed up because it's, you know, prickly against your skin? Or would you rather just say, hey, clean shaven and then let me enjoy, you know, playing a little tonsil hockey with you? Well, I feel like clean shaven, but I feel like I'm biased because when I was a kid, like my dad would always have like whiskers and he would never be able to like kiss me on the cheek or anything because mm. I'd break out in hives. Wow. Aww. Like I have really sensitive skin. So oh. definitely nothing. So that's an but, easy answer for you. But also that also beckons in, uh, another question and opens a Pandora's box of would you rather be uh, look at someone and be attracted to them or would you rather like functionally be like, would you rather a practical relationship where you can kiss your partner or would you rather to like look at them and be like, wow, he's really hot, you know? Oh, that's such a hard question. I mean, I think the answer is obvious. Clean shaven. No question. Practical. Yeah. Listen, if I, if I'm going to make out, like I said, with any of my guy friends, they got to be clean shaven before we go in for the kiss. Who's your number one? If you've put so much thought into this. (laughs) Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't want to rank them. You know, I don't want to pit anyone against each other. Uh, it's more of just like a general. Maybe like we're all out together and we're all just making out with each other at, at times. Um, just regular, just regular guy things. You know. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, yeah. This um, show you know really uh, prompts a lot of questions, doesn't it? Yeah, you know what? Uh, maybe we'll save those questions for another time. We're gonna take one quick break. <laughs> we got we got some great uh, dating headlines to get to. Uh, that I know Jared's really chomping on the bit to get to. So. Uh, I, I think we're just going to go ahead and put you guys out of your misery for this segment because we've covered a lot, a lot, a lot, and we need to really decompress here. So we're going to take one quick break and we will be right back. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. 
Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. I'm going to step away for um, 20 seconds, literally 20 seconds, while I refill my cup of coffee. Uh, Jared, will you just take over and uh, we can jump into these dating headlines? Of 
course. Uh, the next dating headline is something about a new dating show, which I'm interested in because it comes with singles from the other reality shows, Too Hot to Handle, Love is Blind, and actually a few more. So Netflix and Kinetic Content. Now, Kinetic is actually very near and dear to my heart. So Kinetic produced a YouTube uh, mini series, a YouTube show uh, that Dean was also on that uh, was called What Now? It was with me, Ash, Nick, Tanner, and Jade, and it kind of revolved around our lives, like what we're doing now. And Kinetic is the one that produced it, and we have so many good friends, and they're such a great production company, and they have obviously also done Love is Blind, and they also do Married at First Sight. They are awesome. So anything that they produce, I'm all in for. So they're teaming up with Netflix, um, and they announced a new reality show that's coming soon. Not sure exactly when, but it's featuring stars from Too Hot to Handle, Love is Blind, The Circle, Selling Tampa, and actually a few more reality shows. So it goes like this. Singles from Netflix reality shows have done obviously some crazy things to find love, but they're still single. In this new series that's coming out between Kinetic and Netflix, they will couple up to match each other and find themselves in hopes of finding the perfect match. So they're going to couple up to match each other uh, and hoping to find the perfect match. Now, it's currently untitled. Uh, but like we said, it's going to be um, from Kinetic uh, kinetic Content, which does Love is Blind. So Nick Lachey is actually going to host this show as well. Uh, and so the cast has not been revealed, but the announcement actually came, I love this, with a music video, uh, a nod to Nick Lachey's 98 Degrees days. Uh, God damn, I miss music videos, man. Did you ever watch, uh, like, what was it, TRL's Top 20? No. Dude, what? You didn't watch that? What was it? Like, uh, it was either TRL's, VH1, or MTV. They did their top 20 music videos uh, of the week. Like the music was, videos. Dude, hell yeah. And they played every music video. I remember in 2002, uh, it was, uh, what's that song from Spider-Man? Oh, my God. Easton will know this. But anyway, it's by Chad Kroger. And that music video was in, like, the top 20 for, like, 30 weeks and I used to watch every Sunday morning the top 20 music videos so I could just watch that music video because they had clips of Spider-Man in there and I loved Spider-Man so much and this was before the internet before I could just go on YouTube and watch the trailer a million times or watch clips so the only time I ever got to watch clips of Spider-Man before it came out into DVD when it was still in theaters was watching that music video and bro when I tell you every Sunday morning I would be there and I'd watch every single music video. This was also the same time when Beyonce's Crazy in Love was out. So like I remember watching Beyonce's Crazy in Love music video. I remember watching uh, the Hero music video by Chad Kroger. God, those are such good times. <laughs> anyway, I just want to tangent music there. Television was actually music television and now it's gone off the rails and done its own little thing, right? Now it's all about just naked people. Uh, so let's see. So what are your thoughts about this new show? Um, Obviously, so it's about uh, these singles from previous reality television shows uh, are going to couple up to match each other and themselves in hopes of finding the perfect match. So the way I'm viewing this, it hasn't been like officially announced exactly how this is going to go down. But I would imagine that like people from Too Hot to Handle or people from Love, Love is Blind are going to get together and try to play hitch while also find love for themselves. Hmm. Yeah, I um, I don't know how to feel about this. I guess it'll be it'll be interesting to see the familiar faces. What I've noticed though, when I've watched these shows, 
more specifically, like Love is Blind and Too Hot to Handle, uh, who like both of those shows were basically overnight successes when it came to like the dating streaming shows on Netflix. Mm -hmm. They blew up so big the first year. Granted, we were all like in our homes for so long. So maybe that had a big play into it. But first seasons were good. And then every season after that has gotten progressively worse. And so that's why I'm skeptical about this show, because I feel like seeing how successful those shows were in their first seasons, then contestants come in expecting like, you know, all this fame and notoriety and stuff. And so they act as a different type of way. And it just like seems so inauthentic to me. And I can't buy into it. And so that's just kind of what I'm expecting more of with this show. Maybe like even on steroids, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like Bachelor ever since Instagram blew up. Like every contestant now, it's like you're just, you know, you feel like a majority of them are just going on to try to gain Instagram followers. But like five, six years ago, that wasn't a thing. Right. And I mean, what we... I'm not going to say we did the same thing, but we obviously were able to accumulate. Like we have this podcast because of the show. We're incredibly grateful for it. Um, I like to think we got out at the perfect time. I would, I would, if we were still going to Bachelor Nation filming shows, not like in a hosting capacity, but like as a contestant, all those things, um, I would be a little disappointed in us. <laughs> Thankfully, that's not the case. But I guess my point is, it just, it's just, yeah, it just seems like they're trying super hard to become like the next big influencer you know oh a thousand percent no doubt that these people are doing the same thing but you know it will probably be entertaining for those purposes because they'll be crying and drama and villains and heroes the reason i kind of like this show is that one of the reasons why i like paradise so much for bachelor is it hook like it brings people together that you thought would be a good match like how many times when a guy gets eliminated or a girl gets eliminated online at twitter and you're like this person would be perfect with this person. Like, I'm sure it happened with you when you got eliminated from Rachel season. I'm sure you got so many tweets or comments saying, Dean, you you and so-and-so from the previous season would be so mm. perfect for one another. And then you go down to paradise and then you find out either you guys are a good match or you aren't a good match. So I'd be interested to find, like, if and, there was somebody from, like, Too Hot to Handle who's like, I think you'd be perfect with this person from Love is Blind. And what's funny about that, too, is 99 out of 100 times, you're a bad match, so... I do expect a lot of chaos ensuing from this show because, yeah, sure, maybe your friends have a good idea, but the people that spent a month on a TV show with you don't really have a very good idea. So I don't think it's going to be... I mean, it'd be entertaining, like you said. I think there'll be a lot of drama and stuff. And I'll probably watch. I I don't want to like... I'm not like disparaging the show or anything like that. I watched Love is Blind season two. And while I think season one is better, I thought season two was still pretty good. I watched uh, Too Hot to Handle season one. Mm-hmm. Season two got a little less good. I haven't watched season three yet. So I'm still watching these shows. I just, uh, I see like the, the, they're all hamming it up for the cameras. And so I just, it turns me off a little bit. But maybe this new show will be different because I don't know. Maybe they, it's season one. So we'll see. That's true. Season one usually is the best season. So I guess we will find out. We do have a couple of emails that we want to get to before we wrap up. Easton, uh, if you wanted to read these emails, that'd be great because Mark's not here. And um, you're our favorite number two. Oh, thank you. Should we take a break before we get to the email real quick? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> well, normally we would. I would say our general format is segment break, segment break. That's true. Emails. That's true. So let's just take a quick break because we don't want to disrupt the flow. I know it's early for you, Jared. It's it's twelve forty five on the East Coast. Oh. You're yawned a lot. So tired. It's the man. baby. It's the baby. That's what it is. I I can't speak. I don't have a baby. It's more the coffee um, shop. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna be right back, Jared. 
Take a quick nap. We'll get you on some email. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
right, welcome back. We're going to get to these emails real quick. Um, not real quick. We're going to take our time with them, actually. Why did I say that? So, Ethan, what do you got for us? <laughs> All right, this is from Amelia. My boyfriend of eight years has expressed he doesn't think that marriage is necessary. He doesn't feel that a piece of paper or a label changes anything. At first, this didn't bother me at all, but all my friends are getting married, and I never knew how much I wanted a wedding or to be married until now. I have expressed that to my boyfriend, and he keeps reiterating that if we get married, it won't change our relationship or how he feels about me. My point is, if it doesn't change anything, then why not just get married? If it doesn't matter, then what difference does it make? I'm starting to worry that there are other reasons he doesn't want to get married. Is this a deal breaker? I know Dean feels similar to my boyfriend. Dean, if Kaylin expressed this was a deal breaker, would you get married tomorrow? How do I keep expressing how important this is to me? And if he isn't willing to get married, do I take that as a red flag? Uh, well, as the only unmarried man in this uh, forum here, I, I want to say the first red flag that I, I read when Amelia was writing this email, and it's, a, it's not like red, it's maybe like a light pink. Um, she says, at first it didn't bother me that he didn't want to get married, but then all of my friends started doing it. And so then I wanted to get married. And it's like, okay, do you want to get married actually? Or do you want, are you just jealous of your friends? Or you want to be included in the whole marriage ceremony with that your friends are all doing? That's that was one of my takeaways from that was it's like, do you want to do it? Or are you just jealous that your friends are all doing it? And now you want a piece of the action too. That being said, eight years is a long time. And if you make it really clear to your boyfriend that you want to get married, and he still doesn't want to get married, I do think that's a bad thing. I am in a similar boat as your boyfriend. Like, I don't really think marriage is that cool. Uh, I think it's cool to be with a person for your entire life. But uh, the whole concept of marriage has been taken uh, uh i don't know it's taken a, a weird tangent not not to speak down on marriage because you guys are married and i love obviously your 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 matrimony and all that stuff um <laughs> that all being said kaylin and i will get married and we're gonna get married not because i want to get married but because she wants to get married and because i love her i want to be able to give her what she wants and i think that's kind of like the long and short of it is like if this guy loves you and wants to give you what you want you make a good point. Like, what's the difference? If he's saying there's no difference, then what's the difference to him? And if you really want it, then why does why should it make any difference to him? And that's kind of the the realization I came to, where it's like, I uh, yeah, maybe I don't want to get married, sure. But if Kalen wants it, Kalen wants it more than I don't want it, and because of that, we're gonna get married. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. I think that's a great answer. It's exactly what I was thinking too. So I don't really have much to add. I mean, I was in a similar boat to this dude. Cause like, like my parents are divorced. Allison's parents are divorced. We don't have a great model of marriage for us. And so we were both like, we don't want to get married. That's stupid. Uh, our parents are miserable. Uh, but then we thought like, well, if it doesn't make a difference, we're going to, we want to be with each other forever. Why not just do it? Unfortunately in society, it is easier to do certain things like, you know, buying a house and like, insurance and things like that if you are married so we figured why not mm. and it's been a lot of fun and uh i i, I don't know I, I i recommend it i think it's a lot of fun but the other important thing at least from my point of view is that i love allison so much she's so much more of a catch than me and i want to make sure if she wants to leave me she has to find a judge and an attorney to do it nice it has yeah, yeah, to yeah. be a legal most... yeah that's, that's a... smart that's smart and I'll, I'll tell you what Ethan. i'm uh i'm kind of <laughs> the same boat too as because as time, time just moves one direction, right? It always moves forward. Mm -hmm. um, along that tangent of time, I am slowly getting less and less appealing and less attractive. 
Kaylin, on the other hand, is getting more appealing and more. So we're moving in opposite directions here. And I already started at a pretty big disadvantage. So <laughs> this whole this whole marriage stuff is really starting to look a lot more enticing for me mm-hmm. because soon she's going to realize that gap is pretty substantial. And if we're not legally married, I think she'll have a lot easier way to like weasel her way out of it. And so uh, that's probably going to happen because of that. Um, that being said, too, I, I, Jared, you talked a lot about this when you and Ashley first got married. I think it's going to be, it, it just seems like a lot more fun to like talk to someone else about your partner and say, my wife instead of my girlfriend. That just seems cool to me, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is a lot cooler saying your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So for that reason alone, yeah. I'm like, sure, I'll freaking get married, I guess. I want to be able to walk around and say I've got a wife. And especially because I wear this ring on my finger. I know. You're practically married anyway. You might as well just make it official. Yes. But I, I never know when I'm talking to someone that does that I'm just met or someone that works, at, I don't know, at a bank or something like that. Mm-hmm. I never know to be like, if I say my girlfriend and they see the ring on my finger, and then they're going to be like, oh, this guy's married, but he's also got a girlfriend. This yeah. scumbag. Mm. Or, do I, or, do I, or do I then lie and say, yeah, my wife is in the car. I just got to get her something real quick. Because then I'm lying to them technically, you know? I so, would lie. Yeah. <laughs> you would yeah, say I don't like, want them thinking, yeah, I wouldn't want anybody thinking I have a girlfriend on the side. And then yeah, I'm just publicly admitting it. I'll yeah. lie. <laughs> yeah. No, see, it's, it's, a, it's a thing. It's a dilemma that I'm faced with. And so a marriage is just the best way to kind of nip it in the bud. And uh, axe it all together. Yeah, or I could be- just take the ring off. But at this point, if I took the ring off, that'd be even, that'd raise a lot more red flags about why did I take the ring off. So you should really tell Caitlin why you want to get married when she asks you, well, why do you want to marry me? And you say, well, honestly, babe, it's because every time I go to the fucking bank, they ask. <laughs> every, and single I, every single time I have to say whether you're my girlfriend or wife. And it's like, okay, never mind. I'll just yeah. marry her for God's sakes. There's, I go to the bank every every week. I can't keep doing this with my life. Yeah, I go to the bank a lot, and it's funny too, actually, because this isn't. It's it happened to Kaylin as well. She started wearing a ring on her ring finger that looks like a wedding ring because she didn't like it looking like she was out with a married man. Mm-hmm. So then she started wearing a ring, and so, so really now it's like, this, why don't we just freaking sign the paperwork that says we're legally married? The ring that you started wearing with the best intentions have has ended up just just being a, a nuisance right yeah can you believe that <laughs> yeah. it's like as if i didn't foresee this or i didn't plan for this to happen i wore uh, a fake wedding ring and now all of a sudden i gotta start telling people i'm married this is crazy such bullshit <laughs> uh all right let's get to the second email really quick i i write the uh stupid descriptions for this podcast and i can already imagine uh dean is taking off his wedding ring find out what this means for his future with kaylin that's what it's gonna <laughs> yeah. say Perfect. Uh, <laughs> uh this next one is from grace I am 23 years old and I just moved to Arizona from California for my job. I started dating my boyfriend about a year ago and two months ago, he decided to move to Arizona to be closer to me. Aw, that wasn't ever a discussion. I think he just assumed that I would want this. Don't get me wrong. It's super nice having him closer to me. But since we started dating, he has been losing friendships and sacrificing his relationships for me. I can't help but feel responsible for this. Now that he has moved to Arizona, he doesn't really stay in touch with anyone anymore, and he's become part of my social group here. Everything with us is so intertwined, and he doesn't have his own friends or his own social life anymore. Of course, I want him to be friends with my friends I've made in Arizona, but it puts a lot of pressure on me knowing my people are now his people. I am just looking for advice on how to navigate this and bring this up to him without hurting his feelings. Mm. 
uh grace first of all thank you for listening to the podcast it would appear to me though that maybe you don't want to date this guy mm-hmm. i mean this this guy moved closer to be with you he's trying to insert himself with your friends uh which i think every partner wants it was important to me i wanted ashley to become really close with my friends uh so i don't really know what he's doing wrong because it makes it sound like you didn't want him to move closer which doesn't sound like the best for a uh, healthy uh and uh mutually loving relationship but uh i just think uh i don't know i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of on the boyfriend side i'm sorry grace i uh <laughs> So I dated this girl in high school. Story time. Story time real quick. I dated this girl in high school who I was madly in love with. First love of my life. I've talked about it on this podcast a few times before. Madly in love with this girl. She was the most popular girl in school. She was the coolest girl in school that I had ever met at the time. She she was dating this guy who is older than me. But So her and I were in the same grade. This guy was like two years older than us. Went to the same school and everything. Um, her and I were like really good friends. And I would go over to her house all the time to hang out. Like just as friends, you know, like as kids do, like what, I don't know, go jump on the trampoline, that kind of stuff. And I remember her telling me, uh, I'm going to call the guy, let's call the guy Leo, just for, you know, to keep docs of the names or to, Great to name. keep scrub of the names. So she would say, oh, Leo's blown off his friends again to come hang out with me. Or, oh, Leo canceled his plan to have all his friends come over. And he's like coming over to have dinner at my house tonight. And in the back of my head, I'm like, these sound like good things. Like he's canceling <laughs> plans to hang out with you. Like he's making you a priority. And she goes, no, I don't want you to cancel your plans. I don't want you to like blow your friends off to hang out with me. And for some reason that like, it was like literally one 30 second interaction that I had with this girl when I was 15 years old, that has always stuck with me because I agree. Like, I don't want, I don't want you to drop everything and come hang out with me, you know, like, I want you to have your own life, your own social life, your own, like, priorities and things. I don't want you to, like, at the drop of a hat, come and rush to my side and blow all your friends off. And I don't know why. I don't know why this girl that I was friends with at the time saying that has stuck with me so much, even till now, I'm 30 years old, literally half of my life, 15 years later. Um, But it, it, it did, it made sense to me in the sense where I was like, yeah, like, have your own stuff going on. And don't just uh, lean so heavy on the relationship. I don't know. Is that weird? Not weird at all. Totally get it. There's a balance to be had. Having said that, uh, did her and Leo end up lasting? Uh, no, she broke up with him three months later and then her Shocking. and I started dating. Shocking. Uh, so my point being is that maybe if you don't want someone inserting themselves into your life more, it's because you don't want them to be a part of your life. Mm. But now there's a balance. Of course, you don't want somebody too clingy or someone who only wants to be with you and has no part of their own life. But like with Grace's example, I mean, she moved from California to Arizona and her boyfriend, where they've dated for a year, decided to move closer. It's not like he moved in with her. He moved closer and he's trying to insert his, like, I guess my question is, what's the alternative? You know, Mm -hmm. this guy doesn't move closer. He doesn't want to be friends with your friends. Isn't that far worse than what's going on right now? 
I think you nailed it on the head that Grace just does not really like the guy very much. Because if you're head over heels in love with the guy, you're going to be excited for all these things. But if you're on the fence and you're uncertain about your relationship, then they're going to kind of turn you off. Yeah, I don't know. So Grace, you're 23. You're pretty young. I mean, I hope yeah. it lasts. I hope that you're madly in love and that you get married to this guy. But uh, I don't know. If you're concerned about him... Uh, being too much, then I don't know. Maybe it's time to look for something different. And for the record, Jared, back to the Leo conversation real quick. Yeah, they broke up three months later and then uh, her and I started dating. But then nine months later, while we were still dating, found her back in bed with Leo. So there was still something there. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like a her problem, not a Leo problem. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I've I've developed a complex because of it. It's lasted <laughs> into adulthood. Yeah. Um, as you can see, I put a lot of weight on the things she's told me when I was a sophomore in high 15, school. So. Yeah, it's crazy how certain things just stick with you, isn't it? Like the most random, minuscule thing ends up like changing your perception on life. Oh, definitely. And this conversation isn't even the last time or the first time I've thought about that conversation. Like it, it doesn't happen often, but it happens way more than a one-off conversation should that you have when you're 15 years old. I think about it way more than I should. <laughs> it lingers. I, for how old I am. Um, all right, well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Uh, Dean, amazing as always. Thank you to uh, Amelia and Grace for emailing us. Please keep emailing us, you sucky daters. You can email us at isuckatdating at iheartmedia.com. Of course, follow us on Instagram. We are help I suck at dating. Uh I mean, check out Naked Attraction when it comes out. You got, I'm curious what everybody's thoughts about this show are going to be because it's, it's out there. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to 
maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we, we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And, and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what are you doing for the rest of the day? Just uh, while I got you here, let's have a quick chat. So you're at home. You're not in the. You're not in the coffee shop. I'm. I'm leaving to go to the coffee shop after this. <laughs> okay. Were you there this morning, and then you just took like a lunch break or something? No, 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 no. So I'll go in afterwards. So I'm closing tonight. So I'll be there till like probably like midnight. Do you think you uh, spend more time at the coffee shop than anyone else? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, employees. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, I'm there like sixty. Right now, I'm probably there between 60 and 70 hours a week. So, But what do you fill your time with? Like, are you are you working the counter all those hours? Yeah, so I work. I mean, I do whatever I need to do. Uh, I mean, I obviously do a lot of administration work. So, you know, everybody that goes in wants to talk to me just as the owner. You know, I'm and also being from the show and having a little bit of a, I don't want to say celebrity status, but I don't know how it's the phrase it right now. You know, people come in and they're like, hey, is Jared here? Is Jared here? And they either they're fans of the show and they want to talk to me or they're, you know, other small businesses that are like, hey, we have this wine product. We'd be interested in you selling it. Um, but then also just doing a ton of, you know, administrative work with just running a business, which takes so much time. But then also while I'm there, you know, making sure that customers are happy and employees are happy and, you know, being behind the counter and making coffee or making drinks or going in the kitchen and making food or prepping or washing dishes or sweeping or doing whatever I need to do to make sure that the business is afloat. So that's kind of what I do when I'm there. It's crazy. It's all over the place, and it's What's exhausting. The, so I know you're lit. I named a lot of drinks after, um, like Bachelor euphemisms and 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 even contestants. I think right. What's the most popular? Who's got the most popular drink? So we don't have any contestants, but damn, that's a good idea. We really should start getting into that. Mm. Uh, I thought there was like the Ben or like the Nick. Or remember, I thought. Uh, no, we were joking about how we should name drinks after mm. people like. Nick's would be just like a 
plain black coffee. Uh, <laughs> That's what mine would be. Come on. Uh, no, you have more flavor. You got more. Uh, we got to give Nick a plain black coffee. I think Nick should be like uh, <laughs> like nine pumps of almond milk and one pump of espresso. <laughs> All right. I can do that. I like that. Uh, so one of our, what's so, so uh, we carry generous coffee, which is Ben's coffee and his dark roast is called the Higgins. He named it after him, the selfish son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> it's literally called the Higgins. Uh, but it's also a really good marketing ploy, obviously. But we have, so some of our specialty drinks, uh, one is called the Rose Ceremony. We also have uh, a trip to paradise. And then my favorite drink name is uh, Take a Moment, Say Your Goodbyes. So that's always fun when people what is are it? like, Take a Moment, Say Your Goodbyes. That's the name okay. of the drink. So people were like, I'll take a um, small, hot, um, Take a Moment, Say Your Goodbyes. <laughs> Like, yep. Do you want whole milk, almond milk? Do you uh, just like the name of it, or do you actually like the coffee that is? Uh, I mean, I like all of them. My favorite, probably the most popular one, <clears throat> is the most dramatic mocha ever, because mocha is just really popular. It's a coconut. Mm. It's a coconut mocha uh, ice latte. So that's do you really guys popular. do. Um, oh, I was gonna say, do you guys do iced drinks? Oh yeah. So we have uh, ice. We have iced hot. Uh, obviously, we do beer, wine, and liquor. Our food is really good. We have a, a prosciutto brie and arugula sandwich. That's pretty bomb. Have you introduced Dawson to the coffee shop yet? Yeah, he's been there a couple of times. He was there for trivia Wednesday night. So, because uh, Ashley came and and so she has a little carrier for him. So she just walks around and he's passed. I got a out. question. This might be. This is just so, so random, and I'm ju- I'm just uh, brain farting everything out right now. Let's say you and Ashley are out with Dawson, and uh, a fan of the show comes up and sees you guys and wants to take a photo. Do you? Is Dawson in the photo or is it kind of like one of those things where he's not in the photos? Uh, I mean, if we're holding him, then yeah, he's in the photo. Yeah, okay. That's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I guess. We haven't really thought about that. Well, I know, I, some people are like really like particular, like, you can't take a picture of my baby, you know? Yeah. I guess that, no, nah, I mean, because we posted on, on Instagram and things of that nature. So yeah. like people know what he looks like, but uh, he's doing well. He's awesome. He's starting to uh, smile, uh, which is really cool. Uh, he laughs in his sleep sometimes. He has like a little bit, like yesterday I was holding him and he was definitely dreaming of something and he had like a little bit of a, uh, not like a full belly laugh, but he was like a, and it just lasted for a second, but it was really cool seeing. Uh, and when he smiles. You're just, you're just watching him sleep at this point. Uh, sometimes, well, when we're feeding him, you know, because he takes like, it's crazy, man. I mean, he takes like a half hour to finish a bottle because it's like, you know, he's sucking for a while and then he'll slow down and kind of like fade in and out. And then you have to burp him. And, you know, so it takes him about a half hour to finish five ounces. So people were like, oh, you just feed him and put him back to bed. And you're like, no, it's a fucking process. Um, so, yeah, he uh, so when I was feeding him and I took the bottle out and he's kind of like in and out and then he fell asleep for a second. So I was watching him and then I saw him like. I saw his like lip like kind of twitching. So I was like, oh, he's kind of like grinning. And then that's when he did like a full belly laugh. And it was cool because as I was watching him, uh, I've seen obviously baby pictures of myself. And when he smiled, he looked a lot like me as a baby. And that was really cool. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. Is he, uh, I know nothing about babies. Is he crawling around yet? Not yet. So we do tummy time. Uh, to strengthen his neck because obviously his head's still very wobbly, but he's able to hold it up a little bit better now and it gets progressively better with each day. So tummy time is something where we put him on his stomach and you kind of like put his arms underneath his chest, almost like he's doing a plank. And then like he holds his head up 
and like he just you know it's the cutest thing ever man uh so he's not crawling yet um i don't think i don't think they start crawling till like i don't even know when six months like it's a while i think um but uh it's cool seeing the little progressions it's just gonna Mm -hmm. suck one day because it's so much fun and then one day he's just gonna be a teenager and you're like god just you were so much cooler as a kid yeah, but I bet you, I bet you, when he becomes a teenager in fourteen years, you're gonna you're gonna have a different tune about it because we're obviously still gonna be recording this podcast. You know what I mean? Obviously. So you can uh, you can update us along the way. But I just feel like, and I I have no idea how how or what it'll be like. But I just feel like since you're gonna see him basically every single day, you basically will not even know the difference. You know, like you're still probably gonna look at him and be like, see that little baby that was just smirking in his sleep last night. You know. Yeah, I mean, we've noticed, we started noticing the difference, though, because it just, you can tell that he's much bigger than he was a month ago. And even clothing. Clothing is obviously a very easy telltale sign. Like, we're putting him in, in onesies that he was wearing two weeks ago, and now it's tighter. You're like, oh, Jesus. Like, I can't believe you're already growing out of clothes, man. That's Have you crazy. and Ashley, uh, like, left him with your with with his grandparents at all and, like, done uh, date nights or anything like that? Uh, yeah, we went to go see the Batman. What was that? Nice. Like three, whenever it first came out three weeks ago, something like that. Uh, so my mom and dad watched him, which was really nice. Uh, and then they watched him. Oh, uh, we had a watch party at Audrey's, uh, for the bachelor finale that mm. Ashley came to. Um, and obviously I was there. So my parents watched him for that night, which is really nice. So it wasn't a date night, but, um, but we did have one date night where uh, we got to go out and uh, my parents watched them. And then we went out to dinner uh, with two of, uh, for Ashley's birthday. I forgot about that. That was March 6th. So, um, and my parents watched them then too. I'm sure it's got to be nice for you guys to both be able to step away and not have to worry about the baby for a couple hours. Yeah. Oh, it, it's really nice. I mean, we miss him. All we do is talk about him now. Uh, we are those parents. But um, but it is really nice to just be able to like, oh, okay, let's, we can, we can do things you know and not have to worry because it is it's crazy man like everything you know it's just when he's home when you're home with him like he is such a priority for a good reason that everything is just secondary so you it's difficult getting anything done because he's always you know you put him down for a few minutes and then he starts crying so you got to pick him up and feed him or you know rock him and then all of a sudden like four hours go by and you're like jesus how is it already two o'clock in the afternoon i haven't done anything yet (laughs) Well, Jared, that's that, that's good, man. I'm I'm glad things are going well. Um, I got one question for you before we say our official goodbyes, our final goodbyes. What does a liar do after he dies? What does a liar do after he dies? Uh, I don't know. He continues to lie in the afterlife. <laughs> Come on, it's a riddle from that man. Oh, what does a liar do? I I don't know. What's the answer? I don't remember. He lies still. Oh, that's right. I just remember the line because it's from the trailer and it's so good where he's like, if you are justice, please do not lie. And then, he, you know, how much is the price? What did you think of the Riddler character? Did you like him? Yeah, he's good. I liked uh, I liked Riddler. Uh, I thought he was a better part of the movie. Um, 
you know, Paul Dano, I I thought uh, there were moments um, where I I understand what Paul Dano was going for because he he wasn't just a psychopath, but he was also like very eccentric and sometimes kind of played him almost. He wanted him to be a little funny, I think. I'm not, I didn't know. So there were moments where it's like, okay, I'm not sure if I'm down with that. But overall, I really enjoyed the character. But the problem was he wasn't in the movie as much as I wanted him to be. It was like there was a good chunk in the middle for like an hour where just Riddler was not there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, let's what I don't what I don't understand, and, and help me understand this, because after watching the movie, I like the movie, don't get me wrong. I it in my head, it seemed like the Riddler was kind of a good guy. Well, yeah, no spoilers, obviously, no spoilers. But one of the themes of the movie that I, I really loved, and Easton, I'm sure will agree with this, is that um, you know, Batman's conundrum in the movie is that I think he sees the Riddler's perspective and point of view. Because, you know, throughout the movie, and it's displayed in this, this is not a spoiler, Riddler is, you know, he's angry at a lot of people and feel feels like the system has failed him. And I think Batman doesn't disagree. And I think that's the conundrum, because they were both, like, you know, going after vengeance in a way. Right. But, well, um, yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like the Riddler, a lot of the things he's doing is, like, he's, uh, you know, seeking out corruption and alleviating the corruption. And sure, maybe his methods are uh, a little extreme, but he's basically doing exactly what Batman is doing and wants to do. So like the whole time I was like kind of confused because what the Riddler is doing is he's doing a good thing for the city of Gotham. You know, like he is helping rid the city of the corruption that it's dealing with. And like I said, his methods are very extreme. And maybe that's where Batman is like, nope, sorry, not going to happen. Yeah. But it just seemed like they were both work. They, they were both working in different ways towards the same goal. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I did really like the movie. Yeah, we're ending now. She's like, are you talking about Batman on the podcast? That's why he feels like society is against him. Batman. Yeah, Batman. The Batman. Uh, last thing I'll say about it is that one, I agree with you, Dean, which is one of the reasons why I love superhero films, if they're done right, because I do feel like the line between good and evil is m m pretty thin. You know, it's closer than a lot of people think. They're like, oh, a good guy is on this end and a bad guy is on this end, when really, you know, most of the time they're kind of like right next to each other and just one person is on the side of good and the other person's on the side of bad and good and bad can be a perspective or point of view. And that's why I think one of the reasons why I love, one of the reasons why I did really like this film is that they, they do really discuss the idea of like, of Batman and, and, and Batman saying like, what am I doing? You know, is, am I doing the right thing? You know, cause you, you know, everybody's the hero of their own, their own story, but Batman has a little bit more self-reflection he's like, am I just, Am I the Riddler, you know, and I just don't realize it. So it's cool. It's cool I agree. I mean, like if you look back at the Dark Knights, like Bane probably thought he was the hero of the story. Totally. I don't know. I just some God this reckoning. <laughs> yeah. Something about this Batman was it just you're right. There's always that line that's being walked and it's a very fine line. But this one specifically, so many times I found myself questioning like why Batman was trying to stop Riddler when like he could just like be hands clean of the situation, let Riddler do what he's doing, help fix Gotham. And then you just kind of move in and do the things that you need to do. Like, it seemed like they could have worked opposite of each other 
and just ignored each other altogether. But I know Riddler kept calling for Batman and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It just seemed like... It's similar themes to The Dark Knight, which is why I really like it, because I like the themes in The Dark Knight as well, where Heath Ledger's Joker kind of goes into this a little bit as well, where he talks about like the whole plan of society, right? He's like, if I say that I'm going to blow up a truck full of soldiers, nobody panics, right? Because that's what Mm. happens. But if I say I'm going to kill a mayor, then everybody loses their mind and chaos ensues. And it's like, that is an interesting yeah, point, right? I guess, because if he says like he'll kill twenty soldiers, everybody's like, "Oh, that's like terrorism. That's what happens." But when like, you see when you that. watch Dark Knight and you see Joker and you see Bane, you're like, "Wow, these guys are senselessly killing a lot of innocent people." Yeah, and you're like, "Wow, okay, those are the bad guys." But Riddler, I didn't get that sense. I, yeah. I felt like Riddler was giving people the things that they deserved, and maybe maybe a little more than they deserved, sure. But it was still guilty people that he was punishing. Um, anyways. I just I, I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about it. Uh, oh, I'm, great. I'm glad. I feel like I'm, I'm a smarter man because of it. So I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> big thank you to Hannah and Easton, as always, for joining us on this podcast. And um, big, big thank you to my gut for keeping that number two inside of me for the past hour and a half. Great job. Really appreciate Congrats, that. Whew, the real champion of today. Anyways, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. Thank you again to our emailers, Grace and Amelia. Keep emailing us. I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. Uh, keep them coming. We hope we helped you guys today. Uh, sometimes these emails hit pretty close to home, and these two both were pretty pretty close to where we're used to to, to fighting. So keep them coming. I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. Big thank you to everyone. Be sure to tune in next week where maybe we suck just a little bit less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> 